Blog Talk Radio. Live from Chicago and Las Vegas, you're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's Page One with LaVar and Mary on Blog Talk Radio. Radio Nation, you are tuned into page one. Well, the top of the show and our announcer was halfway correct. Um, <laughs> we're just live from Chicago tonight. Uh, what's going on, everybody? It's LeVar. Mary is off tonight, uh, which means that you have just me. Hmm. No, it, it's not going to be bad, but this probably will be an abbreviated version of page one tonight. Uh, Mary is off. Uh, a lot of stuff going on here at the top of the show, and no matter where you are at tonight, uh, if you are in New York, you are probably crying. Uh, if you are in Tampa Bay, you are probably elated. Uh, right before the show, uh, Tampa Bay beat the Yankees 2-1. to one. Uh, To advance to the ALCS, they will face the Houston Astros, and I'm pretty sure uh, 99.99% of the nation will be cheering for Tampa Bay uh, in regards to that series. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, baseball is uh, coming towards the tail end of the season here. Now that we have both championship series going and then in the um, NL, it will be the Braves and the Dodgers. That should be a pretty good one. Uh, the Dodgers looking to get back to the World Series again. Uh, I would probably think at this point uh, with the Dodgers, even getting to the NLCS as many times as they have over the last few years in a World Series or two, uh, that they would have to – I mean, do you really consider it a dynasty? Uh, I mean, they haven't won. You're kind of like the 90s Braves. It's kind of like a mirror image here. Uh, really good squad. Uh, who can get there? Uh, Sands the cheating. We'll forgive him for that one from the Astros, but um, hopefully this time they can pull it out uh, and get their first World Series since 1988. Uh, I remember growing up and watching that one, and that one uh, was a blast. And I think we all know after Game One that pretty much was it. Uh, but quite a few things going on nationwide tonight. We're also keeping our eye on the NBA um, down in the bubble there. Game 5 of the NBA Finals between the Lakers and the Heat. Uh, I know right now, as things kind of stand, it's, of course, a close one. Uh, Looks like Miami's trying to pull away, but it also looks like the Lakers are trying to mount some sort of, I don't know, comeback, if you want to call it that. I have a feeling uh, right now with the way things have been going, it's probably going to go to Game 6. Looks like the Heat don't want to say goodbye just yet. A uh, few of the things that we were going to talk about here on the show tonight, and we'll kind of get through some of them uh, before I do that. A little bit of old business and uh, new business. Of course, as always, you can catch us here 
on uh, Blog Talk Radio Friday nights at 10 Central Time. Um, one of the other things that I wanted to uh, talk to you guys about, make sure, because uh, from time to time, as you all know, uh, that we occasionally will do things with uh, Pleasure Life Music and Radio. Coming up on Sunday night, October the 18th, we'll have as our guest uh, actor, writer, producer James L. Goodwin. Uh, DJ FX and myself will be here at 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 o'clock Central. Uh, James uh, has his own entertainment company. Uh, he was also in a lot of projects, including Juice, New Jack City, uh, but you will have a PLM-exclusive radio interview with him. should be very good coming up Sunday night, uh, October the 18th. And once again, that will be at 9 o'clock Eastern Time. Uh, but one of the things that we're going to talk about tonight uh, is with the NFL situation. And if it's one thing that you've heard about on this program over the last few weeks uh, was our concerns about the NFL season kind of making its way through. Because if you've noticed in the last few days or so, schedules have gone topsy-turvy. And the NFL has been able to – they've been pretty much able to – make some headway with the schedules right now. But are they kind of cutting it too close here? Because now we're in week five, uh, and at this point, if we have any more outbreaks like we're having with teams like Tennessee, you really don't have enough room to really make up these games. And how do you do it? Does someone – you know, I once said a long time ago, you know, and I know it's unfair. that We always said that the team that pretty much, you know, was the root cause of it, and in this case they were because there were topics and discussions and uh, rumors that Tennessee had an unsanctioned practice, um, and that was kind of the beginning of the spread of this for them. Games had to be moved around, and a lot of people were saying, well, why don't you just forfeit? Why don't you cancel but that would involve money, which I'm pretty sure at that point no one wants to do. ESPN, pretty much I know yesterday, watching it all day long, uh, was discussing that. Uh, there's been talk of the NFL expanding the season by a week, but it's already exhausting. I mean, week five, you know, we now have more positive COVID-19 tests, schedule delays, amended protocols, pr- protocols, and then questions that have more questions. You know, with two games being postponed last week and two more already being postponed this week, uh, the Tennessee Titans are pretty much, you know, like I said, under investigation and have been banned from their own facility for 10 days so far. New England Patriots, their two best players, have tested positive for the coronavirus, and they haven't even practiced yet this week after playing on Monday night. And both teams' Week 5 opponents wait for final word on when or <laughs> uh, whether they can, uh, you know, play. Uh, those things are pretty much still up in the air. And I know there's been schedules for Monday uh, for the Patriots game. Uh, but I would say the NFL season isn't on the brink of collapse yet. But, uh, you know, for a league that has as many players as it does, uh, you know, the Titans, I mean, that pretty much is a full-fledged outbreak. Uh 58 positive tests, 20 players, 38 other team personnel, among more than 330,000 NFL tests that have been administered since August 1st. 
you know, there have been 26 positives, 11 players, 15 personnel between September 27th and October 3rd. And the bulk of those came from Tennessee. So um, I don't know if the NFL is probably going to look to what baseball probably is doing right now at the playoffs and having teams in particular areas, which I don't know. Uh, at the end of the day, it might be the best thing. You might say probably for conference uh, title games that there be, you know, maybe certain states where they will stay uh, and play up until, uh, you know, the NFC title game or the AFC title game, and then you'll take the Super Bowl to wherever you have to take it. That's going to be really interesting because I'd like to see if you're going to have a crowd for the Super Bowl. I would think by then you probably would and that you probably will have a sparse crowd uh, but for the NFL right now, there's a lot of things going on. And let's just hope that the Tennessee situation is a situation that will not happen to other teams. I'm pretty sure they are keeping eye on this, and they are pretty much making their own uh, rules and regulations henceforth from what their players should be doing. Because, yeah, you definitely don't want to – have this season already kind of upended, and we started it. We just started it. Um, which leads me to something that's going on. I think we mentioned last week on the program about Florida and the fact that they were pretty much opening for business, everything. The Dolphins announced this week that they will continue to host only 13,000 fans per game at Hard Rock Stadium for the remainder of 2020, despite a ruling from Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. DeSantis announced Phase 3 of Florida's reopening amid the COVID-19 crisis on September 25th, which included the reopening of stadiums within the state to full capacity. Now, Florida is home to three NFL teams as well as a number of college football teams, and Hard Rock Stadium has a capacity of 65,000, but the Dolphins opted to keep their capacity at 13,000. Dolphins CEO Tom Garfinkel addressed DeSantis' ruling on Wednesday, saying the team will continue to follow CDC guidelines noting that the 13,000-person person, capacity can keep people safe in a socially distanced environment. Um, so they are not going to move any further than that 13,000. The Buccaneers and Jaguars have not addressed their capacity protocol, and Super Bowl um, is slated to be held in Tampa, and the governor said that he expects the game to be held in front of fans. Um, they expect to do a full Super Bowl. And it is going to I, – I, I I'm like everybody else where you would like to see things get back to normal, have a huge open stadium, have fans. Baseball is actually starting to toy with that idea for divisional series. I know the NLCS and the World Series. And I think everyone would like to see fans back in the stands. But I think this early for the NFL to have – Everyone back, I am in agreement with with Miami that I think for now, and even then, there's some wiggle room. You don't have to have 13,000. Maybe you might go to 20, or maybe you might go to half. Maybe. But I think that it is very risky to put 65,000 people back into a stadium all on top of each other right now. And I know you're probably going to say, well, LeVar, if you don't do it now, when? I don't know. I think that when we don't have super spreader events of things that happen, and 
I know you'll say, well, that's a person's decision if they want to go and they want to go to a game knowing what's going to happen. I know that. But if we can avoid it and not have another situation like Florida had where they were having thousands a day going to hospitals and pretty much uh, really putting a strain on the hospital systems down there, if you can avoid it, then let's do it. And kudos to the Miami Dolphins for not uh, jumping the gun and for not wanting to uh, think of their pocketbooks and say, hey, now we can do the full 65000 Let's open the gates. Kudos to them for that and for holding off. As for the Super Bowl, I don't know. And I think it's everything right now is a wait-and-see approach, just like with sports next year. You know, I've seen sports teams already selling 2021 season tickets, and and as much as I would love to go, I mean, heck, I've got, you know, plans to go to a game. And I've got Ticketmaster gift cards out the wazoo that I'd love to use on something. But if it's not the time, then it's not the time. And we'll pretty much figure it out from that point. But uh, I do know, still here in Chicago where I am at, of course, if you watched last night, Thursday night football, what a game. Uh, sorry, Tampa Bay fans. Uh, and, you know, and real quick, I, I want to bring up something on that. Now, I've seen all the sports shows today. I'm kind of in agreement here uh, with Mike Wilbon, and I know he's a fellow Chicagoan. But for Tom Brady to not own up – the fact that he forgot. He forgot. There's there's no way around it because if you're looking at him, he held up four fingers, asking about fourth down. He forgot. And in the heat of everything that was going on, I understand it. But the best, the best, will always take responsibility or blame. If he forgot it, I would have had a greater respect for him if he had said, hey, man, I got caught up in the game, thought it was still third down. You know, it happened. I think this morning we wouldn't be still talking about this, and even this evening we still wouldn't be talking about it. And I know they're going to be looking at it even more so on his next game. But for Tom Brady to sit there and pretty much bypass the question, because I saw the post-game press conference last night, he pretty much just overshot the question, didn't answer it. Seems to be a lot of that going around lately. I'm not going to start the political rant, but yes, it does. But for him not to even admit it, I would think that the greats usually do, and they'll take that responsibility on them, and they'll move forward. But maybe one day he will. Maybe one day when he's in the booth, he'll probably say, hey, you know what? Yeah, I forgot about it, man. But for me, that'll be too late. Why couldn't you do it last night? I know he was upset. He lost the game. And that, and pretty much barking down his teammates, and don't start on me as, well, Michael Jordan did it. Michael did it. He didn't ride him like he does during the game. And yeah, if Mike gave you the stare, you knew it. And I guess whatever floats your boat, whatever your teammates can do to work harder after that, I guess so. Go be it. But, um, yeah, it's (laughs) – I didn't want to go off on a rant there of that. But, yeah, that – completes our football portion of the, <laughs> of the broadcast tonight. Still ahead tonight, uh, two stories that made the news about 
what women were wearing, and no, we're not talking about red carpet, uh, movie red carpet news. Uh, also, a uh, story that we had kind of posted in regards to a Wisconsin teacher, we'll discuss that a little bit, and then tonight's commentary uh, on something that's happening this week that you may probably have uh, not thought or you probably forgot about that is pretty important because it's something that in a way can affect all of us. We'll have more on that uh, after this timeout. You're listening to Page One with LeVar and Mary on Block Talk Radio. Your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's LeVar and Mary. Blog Talk Radio Nation on this shortened version of page one tonight. LeVar here. Mary's off tonight. Uh, was teasing right before the break. It seems every year we get more and more stories about something that's happened where someone has worn something that probably wasn't appropriate or probably caused a little controversy twice this week. I kid you not, uh, within the span of a few days, uh, was a couple of stories such as the case. One was involving a Tennessee woman who wore a sports bra and high-waisted leggings to the gym. She's speaking out after she said she was told to cover up the bra with a T-shirt or leave. Julia Moran was working out near her home when she said an employee gave the request. She posted on social media, Today I was told I'd have to leave the gym if I didn't put a shirt on with no explanation. It was not revealing or inappropriate in any way. There was nothing provocative that could be seen. It was maybe this much my waist. She feels there's a double standard for women, especially in regards to workout attire. There was no dress code in my contract, she said. Social media then chimed in. Of course, they always do. Quote, they want you to put a shirt on because nobody wants to see your skin, one commenter said. There's nothing wrong with what she's wearing. And she also said that she'll continue to work out in her sports bra, but just not at the gym. And then a few days later, a story about a Chicago woman who said she wasn't allowed to board Southwest Airlines flight because of her outfit. Uh, First of all, in a statement, Southwest Airlines said employees, quote, are responsible for the well-being and comfort of everyone on board the flight. Uh, She said that she wasn't allowed to board her Southwest Airlines flight from New York to Chicago because employees said her outfit was lewd, obscene, and offensive. Kayla Eubanks was traveling through LaGuardia Airport and headed to Midway Airport Tuesday when she says she was stopped while attempting to board her flight. I get to the gate, and the lady's like, you're not going to be able to board. I'm like, why not? And she says, like, well, you need to cover up. She said she requested to see the company's policy, a process that took several minutes for employees to find. According to their website, the company can refuse to transport passengers who are engaging in lewd, obscene, or uh, pretty much offensive behavior, including wearing clothes that are lewd, offensive, or partially offensive. She said that employees cited that clause in refusing to allow her on board. And then she said she basically said, this is our policy, and I'm deciding that what you're wearing isn't appropriate. And then she asked if she was going to put a shirt on, and she said, I was already kicked off the flight, and her name had already been removed. And she said, like, it doesn't seem to have much of a choice. 
And she said, and then Southwest agreed to put her on the next flight. And they said in a quote here also along with what they stated earlier that they do their best to promote a family-centric environment, and they count on their customers to use good judgment and exercise discretion when traveling. And the airline said that Eubanks was allowed to travel to her destination and when she was refunded her fare as a gesture of goodwill. Still, Eubanks said the incident was disheartening. She said, it just sucks because I feel as a woman, especially a black woman, my body is always being policed, over-sexualized, she said. And for the two employees to say that my breasts are obscene, lewd, and offensive is directly tied to my womanhood, you know. Like, I can't leave them at home. I can't change them. I'm not going to pay to get them removed. I'm not going to get a breast reduction so I can board a Southwest flight. A lot of people were like, don't be difficult. You could have just put a shirt on. And she's like, she shouldn't have to. My boarding a plane shouldn't be left to someone else's personal biases that doesn't make sense to me. The double standards, it's not fair. It's not. And I can tell you, I saw what she was wearing. If I could describe for you on this case. Now, the workout thing, in this case, I'm actually going to say uh, they probably over, uh, of course, as always, some gyms. And like I said, these places have their own rules. I know what you're going to say. And it's that it's up to their discretion, which you're right. Uh, in the case of the Tennessee woman, um, sports bras are now commonplace. This is not something new. Um, and it really wasn't uh, an issue, I feel. Uh, Jim probably overreacted. Now, in the case of the young lady on the Southwest flight, I will tell you what she was wearing uh while she looks great in it, and I'm going to take the high road here. Uh, First of all, Southwest has their rules. Every airline has their rules, and their rules are their rules. And I would say that the wording to the rule probably was the thing that I think that she disagreed with more. Uh, She was not trying to be lewd or offensive. Uh, I would have just said that her clothing uh, was not acceptable to be flying on a plane. If I'm Southwest, that's probably how I would have put it. Uh, she is wearing pretty much uh, a black halter top uh, with her chest showing uh, and a little bit of midriff and a tight orange dress. Looks like something that you would go to a party in. Uh, or, you know, and... I will tell you, (laughs) flying uh, as much as I have probably this summer, uh, yeah, I would not have seen that on a Southwest flight, and I'm pretty sure they would not have let her go. And their interest, uh, that's their policy. Um, I don't think they were trying to uh, come across as that way or policing her or coming down hard on her, but the thing is is that you've got to remember at the end of the day, you know, and I hate to bring other situations in with this, but just like with the mask situation, these are public places. It's their rule. If you don't like it, you don't have to go there. You don't have to stay on there. You don't have to even go through there. But if someone comes and asks you to do something, um, it's pretty much just a simple, hey, let me put a jacket on. Cool. And instead, she pretty much backed herself up as to where uh, she pretty much got caught to the next flight. But 
It is what it is. Uh, really quick, I wanted to kind of talk about this story. It kind of really upset me. And if you're not uh, upset yourself, I mean, it's insane. Uh, but a Wisconsin school staff were accused of alleged sexual relationship with a 16-year-old high school student was sentenced to six months in jail. Uh, Courtney Rosnowski, she pled no contest to one count of exposing intimate parts to a child under a plea deal that saw the most serious charge of sexual assault dropped because at the time she was not under contract with the Green Bay School District when she slept with the student. She met the victim while at Southwest High School. She worked as a paraprofessional at the uh, school, and she was first charged in September 2019 after Child Protective Services sent the allegations to police. She admitted to the judge in a statement that she was, quote, having extensive personal issues in her life and had been drinking a lot at the time. She appeared remorseful as she stood before the judge, Donald Zudmulder, and acknowledged her wrongdoings. And she said that she accepts responsibility for what she did. She knows that she was wrong. While she did initiate the relationship, she should have put an end to it once she realized that the messages being sent to me were from a student at the school. She said, please have it in your heart to see the good in me. The judge then called her conduct appalling and, quote, the nightmare of every parent. And he says, what a parent assumes that their child is in a safe environment with trusting people, uh, but he has to tell you he's unimpressed with her comments about a good heart. You drove over there. It doesn't have anything to do with heart. And he made her turn towards her mother and father who was sitting in the gallery and to look at them. And he, he says pretty much that the humiliation and embarrassment that she caused them is more punishment that she'll carry than what he can impose on her. She was placed on probation for three years. He ordered that she write an apology letter to the staff at the high school and to every superintendent in the county because of the damage that she caused to the profession. She must also stay sober and can no longer work anywhere with minors. Uh, they said charges of sexual assault by a staff member had stood. She would have received a prison sentence, but that uh, he can't sentence her for a crime she was not convicted of, which is insane. Um, I, <laughs> I would think that the rules would state that you know, even if you weren't a staff member, and in most cases, if someone outside of a school setting had done this, there would have been criminal charges. Um, unfortunately, in this case, there was not. But as the judge says, she pretty much has to carry a bigger humiliation of having to admit this in front of her parents in a court. But, man, Wisconsin, I really hope that you look at the law and pretty much at this point maybe switch it up a little bit down the line as to where even people who are put in a position of authority such as she was have some type of criminality uh, charge to this. Uh, tonight's commentary, it really isn't a commentary, but it is more so uh, tonight pretty much just, uh, I guess, a reminder. Uh, today being October 9th, Today is the day before the end of, of course, this week. But this week or today is Fire Prevention Day in Canada and in the United States. And I don't have to tell you of the dangers of different fires uh, and how they can affect lives. And I would say that even for those who want to understand more uh, the National Fire Protection Association has a great website at nfpa.org, uh, and it talks about the different uh, statistics in regards to fires. 
some of the leading causes of fires would be cooking, uh, which is the leading cause of home fires and home fire injuries. Thanksgiving is the leading day for fires involving cooking equipment. Leading cause of fires in the kitchen is unattended cooking. Uh, smoke alarms detect and of course alert people in a fire in the early stages, and they can mean the difference between life and death in a fire. Working smoke alarms, which is important because you could have a smoke alarm, and if it's not working, it won't help you. Install them in every sleeping room and outside each separate sleeping area and on every level of the home. And if you don't have them, please get one or ask your local fire department if they have any. Also, test those smoke alarms at least once a month using the test button. And make sure that everyone in the home understands the sound of the smoke alarm and knows how to respond and how to get out in the event of a fire. That's pretty much the commentary tonight, and I hope that you'll go and you'll check your smoke alarm. Finally, um, I wanted to uh, wish a very, very, very happy birthday to my wonderful co-host, uh, who, like I said, is off tonight. Um, hopefully uh, she is having a good time wherever she is at, and I will tell you that uh, she is one of the best people that you would know, beautiful inside and out, and I wish her nothing but the best on a wonderful birthday this upcoming week. Um, that will do it tonight for our show. Uh, and while we were talking, it looks like the Lakers have made their way back. We'll see if they can hold on and win. We'll probably talk about that next Friday night. But for all of us here, I am LeVar. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you back here next Friday night for another edition of Page One. Thanks for listening to Page One. Don't forget to get the latest show info on Twitter at News Comment BTR and add us as a podcast on Apple.